Welcome back to Steam Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Fluff Feature Chronicles, Volume Number Four. I had, I had September by Earth, Wind, and Fire stuck in my head, so I was like humming that to myself the whole time you were gone making a drink. <laughs> and I went to like do something on my desk, and then you open the gate, and I'm just like, <laughs> uh, so that's that's where I'm at today. How are you? I'm doing great. That's good. That's good. What'd you get to drink? Gin and tonic. Oh. A G and or T. Lovely. Little G and T. Good old and you? G. Uh, I just put a bunch of vodka in my ski. Vodka. ski. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Hi. Nathan. <laughs> um, and this is Eli. And it's just Words. the two of us. <laughs> Welcome back to Words. Steam Powered Scoundrels, a Malifaux podcast. Words everyone has dreaded hearing. <laughs> I'm your host, Nate. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we're doing a little doing a little fluff feature. It's been a minute since we've done one of those. You know, you'd think, you know, this new new book just just got released. You'd think, you know, the fluff podcast would just jump on that immediately, and that'd be the next thing we'd release. People need time to read, unfortunately. Goofy fools. So that will that will be happening. Not yet. More, but soon. more importantly, people need to go out and buy the book. You fucking cowards. Buy the book, you fucking cowards. Buy yes. the book. Our, our standard claim. So, no, we're, we're going to instead go back um, nine years. Only we're going to go late. back. Uh, yeah, you know, we're going <laughs> to be do the relevant, relevant um, story catch up of nine years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are we are looking at uh, Chronicles issue issue four. Um, this is from February of 2013. I was Which one I year diabetic at that point. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way to de- to to determine time. A, a, a time framing. <laughs> Anyways, what were we saying? I believe this was like a while after the third one. There's a big gap yes. or something. Um, so there's a, a, a short forward by uh, Justin Gibbs. Um, and it had, yeah, it had been, uh, four years between Oof. the, um, the third Chronicles and the fourth that just kind of fell by the wayside. And I guess they got to a point where they could start putting them out again. So, you know, fingers crossed for the future. Maybe Chronicles will come back again at some point. Who knows? That would be nice. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, increasing popularity from them being in the breach side broadcast. Yes. Yeah. What are they going to do when they catch up? <laughs> Gotta make more. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll we'll roll over the story real quick. We'll come back to that in a minute because that's gonna be that's gonna be the long juicy part. Uh, but let's let's take the take a look at the rest of this this little magazine. Uh, looks like they were um, oh this was the um, the Dead of Winter campaign was just starting, and I believe that's where we got Terra. Ooh, so that's fun. Yan Lo was coming out about this point. There's an article about how they designed Yan Lo, which is which is pretty cool. Wait, so this means this happens. So this is second edition at this point. Uh, this is. I think this is 1.5 still. because uh, this is um, uh, what's the Thunder's book that came out? Storm of Shadows. That's the one. No, so they were just getting their plastics um 
at the uh, 1.5 when the thunders were coming out. Okay. So we are we are still technically in first edition. Or well, 1.5 uh, or whatever. Yeah, 1.5. You know, first edition. Uh, so you got a little article about designing on low, talking about their um, design, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Direction. Process? There we are. Process, direction, and how they want to create this character, which is pretty cool. I, li- I like I like seeing that. And I would definitely I would definitely be interested in seeing more of that in the future. Um, yeah, especially with the the series of pretty pretty cool masters we see in Madness. Besides that, we've got um, it looks like they had uh, Adrian Scott doing articles um, under the title of Professor Pink Pontificates, um, and I glanced over this one, and this is just like almost a fundamentals of Malifaux. It's titled Mastering Malifaux, but it's it's kind of the... It's a lot of advice that you hear commonly, but, like, it is it is good, solid advice. Like, know your crew, know what your opponent's playing, know the rule, Like, know the rules. <laughs> Just general general good advice for, for getting in a position to be good at the game, or at least decent. And I do you know really like... Model? They decided was like the perfect representation of a rules lawyer. The jack Marcus. <laughs> oh, fair enough. He just dropped the jack loaf right in the middle of this thing. It is kind of weird. Marcus, that, yeah, Mar- Marcus is the the choice for that one. I guess I just put in art places. I do like the uh, the piece of advice on just like challenging yourself, like uh, trying new things. Essentially, for sure. That way you that way you get a better better grasp of what other models can do other than the, the stuff you're maybe comfortable with. Uh, then we have a then we have a little uh, a painting painting article, which is always good. Those are always useful. Uh, painting Yonlow, you know, sticking with the Yonlow theme. Uh, this this paint this paint job in here is gorgeous. Like this, this freehand good. dragon skeleton on the back of his robe. That is insane. And that looks awesome. And the, the glow on the skeleton is really good too. It's really like one of those like drawing manuals where it's like draw a circle draw another circle finish the owl <laughs> erase all your lines and finish the owl yep step, <laughs> god damn it step one skin step two inner robe step three outer robe step Dra- three outer robe is drawing skeleton. a fucking dra- yeah <laughs> power fucking moves honestly vertebrae by vertebrae uh who was this mark rogers we got your we got your number mark rogers your dragon skeleton free hand get out of here Go hang out with some good painters. <laughs> uh, we have a fun little, um, fun little article on um, a model that kind of was, but really wasn't, and that's uh, Boris the Dancing Bear. Yeah. Um, essentially, and I, I love their little um, optional rule at the end where you can just, for non non competitive, not official games, just give a Slate Ridge Mauler the showgirl char- char- uh, characteristic. <laughs> Because why not? <laughs> Honestly. But, but, to be legit, you have to model a fez. Very important. You do. Boris has to have a fez. I'm tempted to put a fez on mine anyway. Like, you know? You should. It's a good look. The story's, story's kind of sad, though. <laughs> He's like a circus bear that got sold because the circus went ba- the Russian circus went bankrupt. And then he went Ooh. through the breach, gained consciousness, and is now a depressed and angry bear. Oh, no. So he's kind of like all of us, honestly. We are all depressed, angry bears. It's, it's so sad. Boy. This poor this poor bear. Uh, poor Boris. I love the, uh, the next section, though. 
What's the that? Uh, multiplayer, multiplayer rules? Because <laughs> these you imagine? are these Chaotic. are super competitive. Oh yeah, these would balanced be boards. Yeah, these would abs. Could you imagine being the being the person who has to deploy in the middle of a three player game? Uh, th- the five players worse. Oh, your that opponents. Is, yeah. Your opponents you, each go like, "All right, I'll kill two models. You kill two models. You, your your crew's wiped." Yeah. In third edition, you better have like the middle player better have a hundred stones, and then that, that game's gonna take like five hours. Oh yeah. Uh, Six is this, that's Six that's players? possibly doable. Yeah. It's a lot. It's it'd be chaos, but you would you'd acknowledge that it's chaos. Ooh, no, yeah, those those board those board setups are uh, absurd. <laughs> so for like, si- since you can't see this, it's not a visual podcast. First player is basically standard deployment, like a little bit less than like six inches, but yeah, standard, standard deployment <laughs> plus a circle with an eight inch uh, radius. Right in the middle of the board. That's where the third place in person de- deploys. Uh huh. Oh, it's so cursed. Uh, four player is everyone gets a corner that's like ten inches from the yeah a ten, in, ten inch right triangle on the corners. Which that one that which, one makes the most sense for sure. Um, I would actually like to see. You know what I want to see on that? What's that? Is uh carve the path. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, just eight different which, carve markers. Don't oh, bring God. a uh, don't bring a terrain master. In do you inherently have to choose the one on the other side of your table? Um, I mean, yes. Okay, that ma- that makes the most sense, I think. But like your opponents are still like of either side can just kick your shit around. Yeah, that'd be so chaotic. I love it. Um, yeah, the four player one actually seems legitimately fun if you could like true make it reasonable. As far I'd as say like, maybe like. 35, 35 soulstone crews and like maybe do like uh, only one carve marker mm. so that you don't have eight uh, in, or if yeah. you just want the chaos eight of them like why not <laughs> god that would be so chaotic I love it the five player deployment is the same as the four player but with the eight inch dia- or eight inch radius circle in the middle it's that so guy just cursed. gets annihilated by everyone I don't uh, I don't remember, and I, I like looking through it. I don't know if there's okay. So there is an advantage to being in the center, like you score for being on the center. So like any of the ones where you're centrally located, like the three or the five, like you do start off with an advantage, but like you're gonna get you're gonna get de- de- demolished oh, yeah. out of the game. Just like you'll score right. you'll score some early points, and then you're just gonna die. Yeah. And then someone else will someone else will submarine in and take your take your uh, take your center, for sure. And then you get six player, which is kind of like the five player, but it's eight inch eight inches on the right angles on the corners, and then and a two five fi- inch diameter circle. Two of those, five inch radius circle. Five inch radius. Sorry, two of those. Put like six inches apart. Yeah. Good God! Oh, it's so it's so awful. I love that it, would be, but it's awful. Could you imagine, like, in a non Bonanza brawl or uh, all out brawl format, six people around a Malifaux table trying to play this game? <laughs> like, I know first edition was different, but not that different. <laughs> no, that is that is nightmarish, and I love it in the best way. 
And there's like there's no like really good way of doing things that are like like uh, carve the path because there's no like where's the midpoint for that right? Yeah, sure. Um, and especially if you're one of the middle the middle fuckers. Yeah, and there's not a great way of doing. Um, uh, yeah, you'd have to you'd have anything to go with anything the, that's the like where you have to place strap markers on there. Uh huh. Cursed yeah, objects, I, however. You, You'd have yeah you'd have to <laughs> you'd have to fall on some of the the killier uh, strats or like the ones that are like table quarters and center like turf war and shit like that uh, stuff that we've kind of moved beyond but would be would be kind of fun for a multiplayer scenario and then there's they they do have their own like sets of rules like three pages of rules just for yeah there's yeah it is there's so much. Which is cool. I, I love that it's it's they give some some wacky rules, but it is a lot. <laughs> oh, I just realized that little uh, that little puppet on page thirty seven. I love oh, all yeah. the puppet art. The puppet art's cute. That's uh, that's Shang. Yep, that's adorable and kind of cursed. It's got like it's, a uh, firework on its back and nine yeah, different it's, fuses. <laughs> it's like a taxidermied fox with nine fuses and a firework. And wheels and for back legs. Wheels, yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, oh, so, did you notice the uh, the old style of that gremlin art that they've got? Oh yeah, yeah, that is that's real old. That that uh, basic image is in um, like the weird resources backgrounds and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like this is older and much more gremlins are terrifying creatures. Yes, <laughs> like these these guys look like they're on meth and will eat your face. These are these are the Florida gremlins. These these are these are the meth gremlins, which I mean, you know, you could you could consider it that you know they've become more civilized as they've had exposure to civilization. Sure. Uh, and then the last the last thing we have um, is just a a little note to from from Justin uh, saying you know hey support your local game store. Attached to which is a hey if you buy stuff from your local game store you could win a nightmare choppy. So. uh... Get on, get in on that, guys. You're uh, definitely not nine years too late. <laughs> <laughs> Go support your local game store and maybe win a ancient nightmare chompy. Who knows? You know, you can't. Uh, maybe yeah. Since email a receipt to Justin at WeirdGames.net with the exact words "Lord Chompy Raffle" in the title. This will definitely work out for you. <laughs> that will definitely potentially get you a nightmare chompy. Don't don't do that. I'm I sure like that email meat. doesn't exist anymore because I don't. I, Justin's not with Weird anymore, but um, just don't do that. It's not going to get you anything. I like all of the uh, in the art for Nightmare Chompy, all of the bits and flakes that are on there to represent all the uh, metal shards that you're going to get stabbed by while uh, <laughs> and all your paint that will be flaking off. <laughs> yep. Um, also, this puppet Yalo looks like a turd. You know, I was more focused on his uh, chopstick arm. Yeah, no, that's the first thing you see, and then you look at his little body under his robe, and it looks like a turd with corn in it. Yeah, I can't uh, say you're wrong. Have fun not seeing it. I'm sure it's like a sock or a bag full of beans or something, but it looks like a turd. Yeah. I like the spatula staff. Yeah, the art doesn't look bad, it's just his body looks like a turd. His core body. (laughs) His legs. Leg, singular. His his yawn leg. (laughs) I don't like the yawn leg. <laughs> you don't like the turd yawn leg. 
All right, so that's our that's our lovely little chronicle. These are always they're always fun to look at. Uh, but we'll, we'll uh, story. We'll move on to the the story, um, which is the White Fist by Graham Stevenson. Uh, for those following along, this is um, Chronicles episodes eleven and twelve on the Breachside broadcast. So if you want to, you could download the Chronicle for free, or you can listen there also for free. So plenty it's of ways to get your get your lore fix. Yeah, this one this is a this is longer than a lot of the uh, the older ones had previously been. And I believe that trend continues throughout most of the rest of the Chronicles where they're... A lot of them, yeah. Longer, longer stories. But our, our story here uh, begins with a, a young man named Adulio who has sought out Zoraida's help in winning the affections of a young woman. Nothing, nothing wrong can happen if you... Yeah, everything, everything about this scenario is a good idea. And Zoraida, in tr- typical Zoraida fashion, is cryptic and basically bru- bruised up like a potion and takes his, uh, sh- he has like a bracelet that he got from the girl. What was her name? What's the girl's uh, name? Lupita? Lupita, that's it. Um, and she, well, we'll get to what she does later, but he he bought this, he bought this bracelet off her, which I, is an interesting note that, like, he was supposed, the, the, the potion ingredient was supposed to be a gift from the person in question, and it was just something he bought from her. Yeah, it's a, there's a lot of lot of thoughts you could have on why this potion does what it does in the end. It's uh, also interesting to point out. There's like a bit where they're talking about like, yeah, Zoraida doesn't just let anybody come in to see her. Most mm. people that try to see her die before they get anywhere close. Yeah, she's very so selective she, like, about her customers. Specifically chose to see this guy and. We don't know why. Yeah. She's not going to tell us why. I have, like, a soft theory, but again, I'm sure it's something that was never even thought about. Um, yeah. But he's got the he's got this bracelet um, from from Lupita that he bought um, that he's, is, is his gift that he puts into this, this concoction that Zoraida has made. Um, and it burns it up, and then she slaps it back on his arm. And supposedly that is the... Um, basically seals the deal that what was the word I'm looking for? It's it's supposed to bind them together. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking for. It is it is a binding between the two. Yeah, and notably, notably, when she finishes up her her little ritual and finishes creeping him out, she she looks at him and asks um, if the price essentially if the price was too high, and to which he responds, he would um, he said he says it was worth it, and were the price his whole hand, he would pay it. That's not foreshadowing. That's that's not foreshadowing at all. No, that is not, not foreshadowing for the story titled "The White Fist." The White Fist. Uh, any other any other thoughts on um, our our boy here at Zoraida's Shack? Uh, a couple. So okay, there's it gives you actually some very blatant foreshadowing where it's like yeah, yeah. He was so enraptured that he didn't notice that like. She never said she was going to actually have affection for him. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> like, just that it would it would fuck over anybody else trying to get her. Yep. That, that, um, that, that Lupita would be his. Yeah. Which is a fucked up thing, but I'm sure Zoraida considered that, because this whole thing, you know, <laughs> it's definitely a tragedy. It goes to hell in a handbasket, and... Yeah. Also, this is the, that. that's all you get of Zoraida. 
Yep, yep. Uh, we have we have covered the entirety of Zoraida in this Zoraida based story. You don't get any other interaction with her. You don't get any other masters in the story. It's it's, it's a Zoraida story, mm-hmm. and she's in the exposition. Yes, but I mean because... that's kind of how Zoraida was written for the, well, the longest time as kind of this force of nature. Well, that's how all the Neverborn were. They were yes. they were not characters in the beginning. They were plot. They were plots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she she is falling in line with the standard Neverborn archetype at this point. They are monsters for unmodeled characters to face up against. Yep, and be thwarted by usually. <laughs> and sometimes you got like actual people. Like that, we had what Raspy versus Lilith last time. Yes, yeah, yeah. But for the most part, it feels like it's just, like, unknown characters get their lives ruined by this monster force. Sure. We get better, but it's it's, it's how it is at the beginning. Yeah, and, and it, it does make sense from a, if you consider the overall arc as, like, kind of growing into Neverborn characters as a force of their own, as opposed to being an antagonistic force. Yeah. It makes sense. This this writing style does make sense in that, like, they're a force that causes people to fail to their own hubris. Like, Zoraida's going to be like that a lot. Pandora's going to be like that a lot. It's just going to it's going to be people fucking themselves over, and these characters kind of pushing them towards that end. Which not the most engaging if you're trying to get a story about that, you know, the Neverborn character, but. As a character in the in the world as it is, it makes sense from a a human a more human viewpoint, essentially. Absolutely. But after after Adulio has performed his little well, Zoraida has performed her little ritual with his bracelet, we um, go back to the the city and we meet our our flower girl Lupita, who sells flowers at Curmudgeon Square, which is a basically a plaza just outside of the guild. Guild Enclave. Yeah. And she's described fairly generically as just beautiful. <laughs> I, w- I would not describe Lupita as the most well-developed character, but... Oh, no. <laughs> but she, you know, she's... She she Creative. is a product... She's a product of the narrative. <laughs> yep. Um, she's a, she, our pretty flower girl who is... Um, has to stave off many, many awful advances from awful people, including our primary, secondary adversary of our, our story, Ermine Fallop of the guild. Yeah. Basically disgusting, gross guild lord type. He's awful. They they make it very clear that he is a uh, awful creature of Nasty a man. Nasty creep. Nasty little creep. Doesn't know when he needs to stop... What was the bit about his tongue? It was so gross. Oh yeah, you're right. That that's probably my that that's the line that stuck out to me the most. They describe his tongue as like like a shaved weasel. I think is what it was. Like dancing across his tongue, and it's just like ours his teeth, and it's just like Ugh. you are, you are like a caricature of evil and awful. But this, um, our Lord Fallop spends a good. A good chunk of this um, this narrative harassing this this poor woman, <laughs> basically trying to get her to be his wife and stop selling flowers at the uh, at the at the at the plaza, um, and she continuously continuously says no, as is you know 
as is to be expected because he's fucking awful. Yeah. Even if he wasn't completely fucking awful, like, bro, she's just not that into you. Yeah. Oh, I found the uh, I found the sentence you're looking for. Yes, yes, read it, please. It's so awful. His tongue squirmed across his lips like a shaved weasel. <laughs> I don't like it. Gross. Awful. It's so... Also, he kisses her with, quote, sticky lips. Oh, does he? Oh, I forgot about that. On, on her hand, yeah. Oh. Oh. Why? Why are you like this, Fallop? Why are you the worst? Even the name Fallop, I don't like it. Sorry if her name is Fallop, but... They put fuck. those double the double L's in the middle there. Fallop. Fallop. Ugh. It's no good. It's no good. Bad. Bad man. Don't like him. But that's, you know, that's how we're supposed to feel about him, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you you have achieved your goal of making a thoroughly unlikable character. So as he's sitting there like, Haha, no, I don't want to buy stuff for you. You should just let me, uh, we should just let me basically. Let me be your sugar daddy. You. Yeah. Come marry me and then I'll buy stuff for you instead of buying stuff from you to help support your business. Yeah. Uh, while he's doing that, he gets stung in the nose by a yellow jacket. A freaking yellow jacket in the nose. That right. Like, this guy might be awful, but ow. It even describes it later that it was actually like inside his nose somehow. Yeah. Which like Yeah, that just seems awful. Like, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Yeah, right? But also <laughs> also I feel that pain in my face. Yep. It's like, ah, oh, I don't like that. But yeah, also fuck this guy, so Lupita makes the mistake of laughing at him, and he is a he has yep. fragile man ego, so you know it's to jail with her. Yes, exactly. Which, again, awful, terrible. Makes sense that they're trying to kind of use Fallop to personify the guild, as it were. Yeah, like someone mere, merely laughs at you, and especially at this this point in the narrative of Malifaux itself, I would say that the guild probably doesn't have the full like strong foothold it has like that we're kind of used to at this point so they're like the way the way this the guild is described a lot in this is like thugs essentially yeah like it's all it's almost and fitting how the game kind of was like it's 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 essentially a well-armed gang uh that just happens to have good good money behind it and this is some of that good money so he you know throws his resources towards jailing a flower girl because he's terrible <laughs> so any any more thoughts on our uh flower selling scene in in curmudgeon square um any other any other things that stand out not really yeah other than his dramatic his dramatic exit of abused are we you'll rue the day you rejected me blah blah God. blah you willful God. little bitch he's he's so he's so over the top before this day's out, I'll knock you off that haughty pedestal. Just you wait. Oh my god, shut up, Fallop. Like, like, bro, bro, get over yourself. She's not that into you. <laughs> ah. <clears throat> uh. I feel like he's also supposed to be like a uh, a good like contrast to uh, a, a Dulio. They're both like, kind of awful, though. They're he's, off- he's yeah, obviously they- he's obviously worse. Like he is obviously the worse of the two. Which is supposed to make Adulio seem more... More more redeemable. More which he's really not. <laughs> Especially since we get the little bit where uh, Lupito is like thinking about the people who keep hitting on her. and Oh, uh-huh. there's, also, there's also sweet, handsome, stumbling, mumbling Adulio. Oh, that poor child. Maybe someday I could like him. Nah, unlikely. Like, he seems so innocent. 
when she's thinking about him. Like, like, bruh, Adulio, don't go to a swamp witch to solve your problems. Just talk to her. Literally, just say, just say hi. Literally, just say words. My God, man. But you know, if everyone thought like that, we wouldn't have a meta plot. So you know, here we are. Men will literally trek through the swamps to find a hag instead of going to therapy. <laughs> God, you're fucking right, though. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? Oh, jeez. Uh, yep. Um. So yeah, we um we cut. Speaking of Adulia, we cut back to him. Um. Returning with with newfound confidence about uh, talking to his his um, supposed uh, lady love Lupita, but he is um, unfortunately left lacking as she is not there, having been arrested. <laughs> dun dun dun. Um, and this this is where we get the description of her getting taken by guild thugs. Yeah, um, which again, I feel like. I feel like that description in a more modern story would be that they are guild officers. But like at this point, they're just kind of, you know, dudes who work for the guild as opposed to like an actual fully organized policing force that they are now, which, you know, has its flaws on all ends. <laughs> yep. But he, he meets up with a, uh, a woman at curmudgeon square who bas- basically lets him know what happened that, um, Mr. Ermine Fallop. Mr. Ermine, Lord Ermine Fallop, ma. Ermine Fallop sounds like a just out of date piece of clothing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I, I need to wear out my my Ermine Fallop. Way back in the early nineteenth century. Yep. Everyone so, had their Ermine Fallop. <laughs> it keeps you warm, you know. The poor people wore their burlap Fallops. Ah, oh, you got to get the Ermine Fallop. An Ermine is like a. Folks. It's like a type of rodent, right? Yeah. Oh my god! That, they just might be a weasel. a weasel. Yeah. Oh my god! We might have. Yeah, it's a stoat. An it's ermine. A stoat. A stoat. <laughs> a little stoat. <laughs> oh my god! They're cute. They are adorable. Oh man, why Let's are they describing? Out of them. Why? Why are they describing this man as as one of these adorable creatures? Because they're very cute. I don't think. Wh- I don't think no, he was. A real ermine would not creep on a woman just selling flowers at a at a um on a on a um yeah you got this the word I've been using to describe curmudgeon square market, market um square square whatever that thing where, where you sell flowers and such <laughs> now see I think he was born and his parents were like ooh he's gonna be so cute and weaselly. nice he looks mm. weaselly so we're gonna give him the name ermine. So that maybe he'll grow into the kinder version of the they weasel. Wanted, they wanted like, to soften the blow and he's of like, him nope, being I'm an be absolute fucking instead. weasel. <laughs> Follopy. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. The family name Follop. We did our best to, to save him from the Follop. I'm going to assume Ermine, Ermine didn't help. Based on, the, based on the way this story goes, spoiler alert, I'm going to assume Ermine Follop never has children and therefore the family name dies with him. Good. <sighs> At least I hope so. Uh, but anyways, uh, our our old woman, our um, plot necessary old woman points Adulio to the guild offices um, where she says Ermine Fallop has arrested uh, Lupita because he, he denied his advances and also he got stunned and he blamed her for that. 
Yep. That's assault on an officer. <laughs> Good thing this is fiction and, like, stuff yeah. like this never happens. Yeah, that, that, obvi- way overblown, honestly. Ridiculous. The thing, the, the, the weird thing. <laughs> yeah. Going, going back to the beginning of this, um, this story, I'm impressed. It only took, and I assume Zoraida had something to do with this, it only took Adulio an hour to get back from the deep bayou you know? to the center of Malifaux City. That is... It only took him an hour. The first Especially line is, he it, was an, it was an hour or so later. Oh, no, that's probably an hour after the arrest. Never mind. Scratch that. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, that okay. makes sense. T- timeline makes more sense. I was, I was about to go. I was about to go off on <laughs> the scale of the city, but that if it was an hour after her arrest or the incident with the hornet, that makes more sense. Okay, because like we we determined that Malifo is about the size of Chicago. <laughs> like, goddamn. Yeah, you can you can walk through all of Chicago. <laughs> As someone who has walked, like, through a bit of Chicago. Oh, you can, oh, you can definitely go from a swamp in the surrounding areas of Chicago to the heart of it in an hour. From, like, a swamp, like, multiple city lengths away. Ugh, <laughs> oh, man. That's a long, that's gotta be a long walk regardless. Yeah. Like, is he still, like, covered in, like, fucking mud and shit? <laughs> gotta be. It'd be gross. Oh no, he gets dressed up. I forgot. He uh, went he went back. He went back and washed up. Okay, yeah, he washed up and got all fancy and slicked back his hair with pomade. Fancy lad. Uh but see so he goes uh goes a barging into the um the offices of the guild where um Lord Lord Ermine Fallop oh. is um tending to his uh hornet sting in in his nose. Yep. So good. He he gets all, all. Hey, what happened to uh, what happened to Lupita? And they get into an awkward exchange about you know, who who's who in this particular relationship. <laughs> yeah, and naturally, Fallop denies any kind of denies to even consider releasing releasing the poor girl, uh, and Adulio accuses Lord Fallop of lying, like. Like he actually cares. Yeah. Well, he does actually. He does actually get angry about it. Um, but he is a, he is a small small man, so you know. Lord Fallop attempts to have Audulio arrested, and um, in the one cool thing Audulio does is he literally starts choking Fallop. Just like <laughs> Which that's that's pretty based. The guard's like trying to pull him out. He's like, nope. Leans over and grabs him by the throat. Just just goes all, all Hulk strength on this guy and starts choking him, which is, you know, pretty awesome. Um, even if his reasoning is Lupita's mind, which is kind of not cool. Yep. Yeah. Now we're going back to the. Uh... But he's all he's all. I mean, you can say what you want about the core of his his intent going to Zoraida in the first place. But like he is he is like supernaturally enraged at this point. For sure. And supernaturally strengthened because like. Multiple guards can't get their um his his hand or, or off this guy off this guy's throat, and Fallop is described as like a a a, a hefty lad, 
So presumably his throat isn't small. Nope. So that is um, fairly impressive. Uh, I really, I really like the line, kill him, he tried to shout, but all that came out of his mouth was, (laughs) (laughs) that's good. That's good. That's good storytelling, honestly. I agree. Um, so the, uh, the guards try to, um, commit some police brutality and, um, beat, beat the heck out of him, pistol whip him with their, um, clockwork pistols. Um, Adulio just keeps, keeps on with the Lupita's mind and keeps choking Fallop. Um, and eventually they, like, cut his hand off. Guild Captain Groom walks in. Yep. A swaggering mass of brass buttons, waxed mustache, and outraged demeanor. That's a fucking tool. Yeah, he's probably a dickhead. <laughs> His name is Guild Captain Groom. Hey, now I had my first na- my first grade teacher's last name was Groom. Oh, and she was very sweet. No relation, I'm sure. <laughs> I hope so. Or, oh, I mean, you know, it's nineteen oh whatever. I'm sure it's distant enough <laughs> to my first grade teacher. But yeah, he he walks in, sees what's going on, is like, "Well, this is fucking stupid," and cuts uh, cuts Adulio's hand off at the Which wrist. Continues choking follow-up. <laughs> yep, that's not weird. It is. Hey, didn't he say something about like <laughs> trading he would his hand? Pay his hand? Nah, yeah, nah, that that's not related. That's not related at all. Unconnected. You're right. You're right. Un- unconnected. Are you but implying? Do you think? Are you implying? That saying something to a swamp witch, something like that especially, would make it bound to happen. You're right, that's a silly thing to say. that's absurd. Outrageous. But yeah, so uh, the hand, it's still latched on to Fallop's neck, and it takes, like, the captain, a bunch of, like, a bunch of work pulling the should-be-dead hand off of, off of Fallop. Off his throat. <laughs> um, they, they, they drag, they drag, uh, Adulio away. And I mean, naturally we get our nice little, our last line of our paragraph here of, on the floor in the far corner of the room, now bled white as milk, the twitching hand curled into a twite, a tight and defiant fist. Do you think that's related to the title of the book or the story? No, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure, okay. the, I'm sure the white fist will make, sh- make sense eventually. Um, I'm still, I'm still not getting it though. I'm still not okay. quite understanding the the arc here. It's probably a deeper meaning that we're not getting. Yeah, and I do, I do. As far as like action scenes go, this is like actually like I do really like this scene. Yeah, it's it 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 has a good sense of tension where it's just like this this dude is just like choking this guy. She's like, oh, like he just oh. he becomes an unstoppable force for a few moments. Yeah, they they cut the hand off, and you're just like, oh, he he's still going. All right. So after this, uh, follow up is you know he goes he goes home. He's all wibbly wobbly because he got strangled at work, and <laughs> his face is still swollen from the don't you don't you jacket. hate it when you have to go home early because you got strangled at work? Yeah. <laughs> like as shitty as this guy is, he has had a shit day. Which, you know, fitting, I suppose. Something, something, reaping what you sow. Yeah. He goes back to his apartment. He's got a, a like 300 houses, 300 apartments in this building, and he goes back <laughs> to his place and he's all grumpy. Yep. 
so yeah, I mean, basically, it's, it's just there's a, about a page of them describing him going home and going to bed, uh, and then we get uh, we get some nice dream sequences. Yeah, <laughs> where where Adulio is like appearing and like choking him. It did take a long time to describe him going going home and going to bed. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a weird that is a weirdly long segment. I guess it's like to give it like a breath, essential. Uh, ha, 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 uh, give give it give it a breather, essentially. But it does it does seem to go on for a, probably a little longer than it needed to. It's describing the place. It's describing his meal. It's describing his him. soft neckerchief. <laughs> soft neckerchief around his throat. The food was tasteless and dry. After two bites, he gave up. That that I like. That I that I do. I do like like that. That's one of the parts I could I would have left into this description. Fair, fair. Um, because that fits in this whole curse thing that he's everything is feeling bad. Yeah. Um, yeah but he yeah, he, a lot of he goes to bed. He goes to bed and has has some bad dreams. Bad dreams or wet dreams? Well, you know, maybe he's we, into choking. We don't get confirmation on that, unfortunately. And he seems to not be consenting to it, so I'm going to say he's not not that into it. Understandable. I accept that. Good reasoning. I'm going to assume that Lord Fallop does not have a choking kink. <laughs> At least not I'm anymore. S- I'm going to stand by that. <laughs> Weird, give us a guild official with a choking kink, you cowards. <laughs> Maybe they already have, you don't know. That's true. Anything is possible. I mean, Sonya exists. <laughs> does does Sonya choke Lady J or the other way around? Not gonna answer anyway. that question. <laughs> Gotta leave some secrets. Uh where were we? Uh we're having dreams. Yep. It was awful. It was awful. Adulio kept appearing, choking him in his sleep. He wakes up, he's starting to feel a bit bit peckish because he didn't eat lunch, so he goes on a cab ride to... Le, a fancy um, restaurant. Fancy restaurant. Le Fancy Restaurant. Le Signature. Yep. Le you, gotta put as much, you gotta put as much French accent into that as you can muster. Le Signature. Uh, and he orders the duck, which he loves. Well, notably, he, he, he cuts in line because he's a guild official. Obviously. Yeah. We, got, we, gotta, we gotta maintain that this guy is an asshole. Yep. Um, and he orders yeah, he the goes. delicious, delicious and juicy <clears throat> duck, which at first seems fine, seems delicious, seems good, uh, and then it gets in his throat and he starts choking. Doesn't know why. Can't can't possibly fathom what could possibly be happening. Crazy, crazy Choke how that works. In one day. Yep. Um, and then he tries, tries washing that down with wine, <laughs> as you do. Is that is that a good idea, Eli? Yeah, absolutely. As a medical prof- as a medical professional, if I am choking on a wad of duck, I will, I will say, in fairness, he's technically not choking because he can still breathe. That's true. Does say he could still breathe, so trying to wash it down is not like the dumbest idea. Okay. Interesting. Uh, that is that is. Okay. It's I'm just, just to in ima- his throat I'm trying to and like, not. Visualize that, or you know, internalize that um, sensation. I'm just imagining when you swallow something that's a bit too big, and right, like you can like feel a, it in your throat, like a wad of there. peanut butter or something. Yep, 
But it's a duck. <laughs> but it's a duck. <laughs> it's a whole duck. Uh God. Uh, yeah, so he, he tries to, to add some wine to the situation, which does not doesn't help. help. Water uh, also a, doesn't help. Adds a delightful stinging sensation. Um, and eventually, somebody waits that the matter day um, arrives and Heimlich's the duck out of him, essentially. I, I like the addition of, in parentheses, um, follow projected the wad of masticated duck that flew, parenthesis, posthumously. <laughs> like, we needed a reminder that the duck was dead. Listen, it's Malifaux. No, it's fun. I, I love it, and it fits It fits so well. But, like, the fact that they thought we needed a reminder that the duck, the duck that he was eating is, in fact, dead. And sticks to the back wall of the restaurant with a thud. Gross. Does it actually? I don't think the the maitre actually. Does it say he's doing a Heimlich or anything like that? I assume because it, it it looks like he's just like he just chokes it up, just coughs it up. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, the maitre's hurrying towards him. Okay, I thought I thought he helped him. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. So he just eventually. So I, was, I, was about to, I was about to counter that because like the reason Heimlich he eventually... works is you're shoving, you're shoving air out the throat, and that's oh, unplugging. Gotcha. You. That wouldn't work. Got it. Yeah. So he just hawks up this um wad of duck. I assume I assume the matter day was there helping him, but yeah, it makes sense that he would not be given the uh, the type of choking. Nah, he's just there to threaten the cooks and say yeah, that he's he... just threatened to unemploy the presumably not that well paid cook. <laughs> we make assumptions here. Well, he's probably fairly well paid. He's at a fancy restaurant. Uh, Fallop is so so upset that he doesn't even care about firing innocent people. He just wants to get a cab and go. His day is so bad. He's not even trying to ruin anyone else's. My disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. So ruined, I can't fire a poor person for doing their job. That is that is impressive, that it choked him enough to not care about firing a poor person. Yeah, especially one that might have done him wrong. God, we're just... I think, it, I think it's safe to say neither of us care for this character. Nah, he's a piece of shit. And I don't think anyone should. He is a if shit you, weasel. If you actually like Fallop as a character... Write us an email at www.steampoweredscoundrels.gmail.com <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Do we have or an email? Or you can go to uh, email justin at weird.com. Mm. <laughs> He'll send you a nightmare chompy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that'd be so funny. I'm going to send you a follow-up model. It's, it's very rare. Most people don't have it because nobody actually likes the character. Is that just the and, guild um, steward? It's, uh, yeah. I was going to say it was a, uh, a, a another an alt guard, but we already got one of those. Oh, no. Uh, that's the alt sergeant. 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 That's yeah. what I mean. So goes home, tries yep. to sleep again. More nightmares. Just having a good time, this guy. It's really great. It's, it's more Lupita is mine. Uh... Meh, you are cursed. But this time in dream form. <laughs> and at this, at this, it is at this point that, well, after after he wakes up, <laughs> it, is, it is at this point that he realizes that he has been cursed. Yeah. It, it took him getting choked by a disembodied hand, multiple nightmares, a un unhealed. Well, I guess he's about to go to the doctor, but. 
Like, yeah, he, he realized first just, of his, his his next step is go to the guild doctor. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to take steps. Uh, not this, like this guy, not like the guy who cursed him. Let's go to the let's go to the guild doctor. Well, yeah, he's got too much of an ego for that. They know how to undo curses. Um, we got a we got a little scene with the physician who's like, "Hey, uh, you 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 you've been you've been you've been choked." Yep, you're it's not uh, good. You've been, there's an inflammation of the digestive glands under the tongue, is what he thinks the issue is. And he's like, "Here's a poultice. Take two and call me in the morning." Fall off like chugs the down. bottle. Yeah, chugs the bottle. That's supposed to be like five drops in a glass of water. Chugs it down. That's, med- that's medically sound advice, right? Of absolutely. If you want the medicine to work faster, you take more of it. Do immediately. all of it. <laughs> yeah. For legal for legal reasons, that is not medical advice. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that now. This is not a medical Steam- podcast. Steam powered scoundrels does not endorse downing an entire prescription of any kind of medicine. Of any of any, take your prescriptions as advice. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he does that, and it doesn't help. So he's like, at this point, he's finally like, "Oh, wait." Even though, even though the, even though the physician says it should work, yeah, he's like, "It should be happening <laughs> immediately, my guy. You should be fine." But he's not. He can't breathe. Um. So now, finally, he recognizes that he should go go check on this this man who choked him out. <laughs> so he's like, "Oh, he wants he wants Lupita." The curses like. I have to give him Lupita, then the maybe the curse will go away. A thousand times. Yeah, he was distracted by like Being the choked. hand crushing his throat. Yeah, and the stinger in um, his nose. I feel like even that was a little bit back burner with the, with really, the literal throttling. I really want to know. I really want to see the condition of this guy by the end of the story. Bad. They describe him he a little would, bit. He would. He would look awful. Like yeah, they describe him because like he's like bruised ass throat. His nose can't look good. Like, he's just got to be in bad shape. <laughs> unshaven and gray-faced with his suit collar splayed wide open. Okay, unshaven. It's been a day, bud. <laughs> you're maybe... You're maybe... Maybe he's one of those people that, like, gets like gets the stubble, like, in a day. Like, you don't know. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, he, he goes uh, staggering away to get uh, to get the two released so they can be uh he's gonna he says he's gonna he's gonna get them released he's going to apologize to them both and then they'll take the curse away that's what he wants he learned his lesson a real a real uh a real ebenezer scrooge moment he's a he's a wise weasel now he's a he's he's really turning into the stoat his parents wanted him to be (laughs) so he goes and he's like telling the jailer like get get me the girl and hey yeah uh, yeah Save my and life, please. He's getting the girl and get me the boy. It's like, oh, uh, he, he, the jailer's like, the boy's not going to be any problems. <laughs> He's dead. We killed him because we're the guild. Yeah. So you know how he got his hand cut off? Well, we did absolutely. We, we did executed him that. in less than a day. They didn't even execute him. They just like it didn't help. Oh, him he until died he from died. his hand wound. Oh, yep. you know what? It is the early 1900s. That makes sense. I mean, they. They, this is Malifaux. They have plenty of robot limbs. They could have saved the kid. They yeah, and also, easily and could have. Also, also, literally a, a story section ago, a guild physician. 
Like, worst case scenario, they could have bandaged him up, but now nah, they let him die of gangrene in a day. Yeah, he just, he just bled out. I'm assuming, yeah, bleeding out or gangrene or both. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, at this point, uh, Fallop realizes there's nothing to save him from the vengeance of the White Fist. And he will presumably die of lack of oxygen. Oh, I, I missed this art somehow of you can yeah, see Fallop. I, love, I, uh, I, I like that. He does have kind of a skinny neck, actually. Yeah, he's not as he's not dash. as rotund as I was expecting. Yeah, he's one of those be, like skinny gotta, limbs, yeah. round stomach type of guys. Look at his mustache. He is yeah, he's this got guy the, is a weasel. He's got the pencil mustache for sure. I can imagine his tongue wiggling around on his teeth like a weasel. His hair is also weasel-like. Yeah, he's got the the thinning on top. Not like not like hair that a his weasel hair, would have. His hairline has fully receded. It has retreated to the lower half of his head. Yep. And there's the hand just on his throat. Very satisfying. We don't get the uh, the actual story of him dying. We just get left with the assumption that he is miserable and dies shortly thereafter. We assume he dies of oxygen deprivation eventually. Which, good. Fuck him. So. That's the story. That's the whole story. Uh, I guess while we're on it, any thoughts on the uh, the jail scene at the end here? I like the note that the jailer's like, again, going with my, I want to see what this guy looks like at the end, but like the jailer's just like, good God, you look like shit. Yeah, like I didn't, he didn't in, even recognize in so him. Many, in, in so many words, he's just like, oh, is that you? Followed? Lord Ermine followed? <laughs> like, you normally look like shit, but damn, you look like shit. <laughs> you look like shit shit. You look like the Yan Lo turd. It is. It is a. I will say the the scene at the jail is overall about the same size as the scene earlier when he went home and went to sleep. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um. So yeah, a happy ending. Other than unfortunately, Lupita is an unfortunate victim. Yeah, we don't know what happens to her. That's true. They never do that. Yeah, they never clarify girl, what girl, happens sir. to Lupita. Oh, the girl, that pretty bit of fluff you sent down here. Sir. Well, she's gone, isn't she? Off to the magistrate, just like you said. Okay. Oh, yeah, so she's probably going to get executed. If we know anything about, um... Ah, oh, fuck, well, her, uh, old Herbert. Yeah, we, we are in the days of Kitchener. <laughs> this is, these are still the days of old Herbert Kitchener, Mr. Burning Man himself. I'm sure he was just like, ah, fuck it, kill her. Oh, he, he hit, she hit one of my men? Kill her. Fuck her. That's it. Honestly. End of life. Yeah, that, that sounds like a Herbert move. You have chosen death. All right, so here, here's my here's my crackpot theory. And again, okay. I'm sure this is not something that was thought about overall, because you know Zoraida Zoraida's old old mistress of fates. You know, she sees she sees how things is gonna be, um, and she likes you know delivering some. I don't want to say divine judgment, but you know Zoraida judgment. Do we think that this was an assassination? Uh, you know, it could be. I honestly could see this being Zoraida, like, gunning for follow-up and essentially luring um, Adulio in and being like, yeah, here, put this bracelet on and, yeah, go, go, go. You'll, you'll have, you'll be with your girl, I'm sure. Yeah, you'll, you'll, she'll be, she'll, you, you and her, will, you'll be together till the end of your days. Wink. I can see that. Yeah, that's that's that is that is my personal headcanon. It makes sense. Yeah, 
given that she had to have had a reason for letting him come in. Like, she she sent him back. She brought him in and sent him out for a reason. Exactly. And I think that and I, that comes from a more modern reading of Zoraida. Because we're more, we're more familiar with her as a character at this point. She's been around for three editions. She's, she's a staple of the game. Yeah. A, like a, a staple character. And we've had, we've had stories like, if not directly in her point of view, like just behind her, like the one where she, Lilith and Pandora broke it, like broke into the guild and switched bodies with people. And presumably she essentially caused herself to happen <laughs> because wibbly wobbly timey wimey. It's, it's interesting to consider Zoraida in back in these kind of situations, situations, Jesus, situations, knowing what we know about her now. Yeah. Like when, when you read Zoraida from a more modern viewpoint, you almost want or need a, a narrative. You want her to be doing something. Cause yeah, she's, she just, uh, it took like them right a minute now, before. Yeah. Like right now, like she is deep in the meta plot. Like, She's, like, actively working with Yedza to, like, keep Malifaux from burning down in her way. And, like, she was involved in, like, trying to stop Titania. And, like, she's always involved in this deeper plot. Um, So, like, going back to these stories where she's just kind of, like, kind of a random encounter. Yep. It almost retroactively feels the need to build a narrative around why she is doing the thing she does as this mistress of fate kind of character. Yeah. It feels like they were like, Oh, crazy swamp hag. We'll do all kinds of like monkey's paw type deals around her. Exactly. And they're like, Hey, wait, what if she actually like, eventually she developed into this very central character to how things go. It's, it's weird to kind of roll back and go, this is where she started. Does this still work with her narrative? And yeah. I think it could. I think you could legitimately, if you wanted to, roll back and go, maybe maybe there is some kind of grander motive. Because, I mean, even say what we will about early Malifaux fluff, like she was there directing the Victorias to stop December. So, like, she's always had a hand in the meta plot. It's just weird to have these, like, side side jobs she does. Yeah. Like it feels like it feels like she has to have a purpose a lot of the time. That's my two cents on on Sarida currently. Yeah, I would agree. Which, just to kind of step step out of the out of the camera for a second, that's why I kind of get frustrated with her as a as a Bayou character, because like the rest of the characters don't get involved in the meta plot because I feel like because she's so heavily involved and because they're gremlins, like obviously, yeah. But like it feel it feels like sometimes it's like yeah we have we have Zoraida as a Bayou character involved in the plot. It's like no, she's a Neverborn character. She just lives in the Bayou. <laughs> she's she's Bayou because of residence. Yeah, not because of who she is. Do you think that Bayou fluff could benefit from like one or two serious stories where they actually get involved? Having glanced at Madness, spoiler ish. It looks like there is an interesting thread with Ophelia that I'm looking looking forward to hopefully seeing them tug on. Okay. Uh, and the Clampets having been introduced are kind of not really 
existing within the plot as a whole, but they are holding off the the hordes from what it seems. And again, I haven't finished the whole like fifty page story that's in that book. Like, good god, that whole that whole story is huge. And I mean, it's nice. it's broken up by faction, but like, it is a huge single story. But I'm I'm interested to see how how the clampets angle into things and where the rest of our uh, gremlin friends lie. I'm curious to yeah. see how Ulix is doing these days. A lot a lot of the, the Bayou characters have been plot-adjacent. Yeah, yeah. We're very plot-adjacent, like, but never plot-involved. Ulix, as you mentioned, is now very close to the Burning Man plot. Um, but still, of Ophelia the... Bur- has been very of the close. Burn- of the Burning Man characters is the most adjacent. Because it's yeah. not it's not Ulix, it's Honey. Honey Correct. is the Burning Man affected character. Um, Ophelia and them have been like dealing with the the hole, the red right? cage. Yeah, the red, yeah, cage. The red cage hole. Um, another thing that Wong is now has been involved with. Yeah, we don't know <laughs> what don't, happened there. I just, still, I don't. I don't expect Wong to ever be involved with the meta plot. Um, <laughs> Love him as I do. <laughs> Brewy was adjacent to like the the whole all of the shifting of the thunders. Yep. Yeah. Um, Ma is close to like Arcanist stuff and how things yeah. are going without Ramos. Yep. But it's, they're not it, directly involved. Yeah. I, th- I feel like the Gremlin characters provide a lens to view the, the, the general state of the world as it is. Yeah. But are never actually the direct focus, which is fair. I'm, you know, I live with that. I think we all live with that. So, I guess I guess in a way, you know, you'll, you'll hear it here first from me here right now. I guess it is kind of good that we have Zoraida. I bet you didn't expect to hear that. <laughs> I did not. I mean, given... I actually... I, I, I know I read it somewhere, but I can't find specifically where I read it. That Zoraida was doing the whole moth thing to cover the bayou from the Burning Man. Hmm. Like, I know I read that somewhere. But I can't find it anywhere now. Yeah. So she yeah. Has, she 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 has a soft spot for the green folk. Yep. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> given how the um the uh, the election story went, <laughs> the fact that she didn't just like turn around and like super curse Somer for telling her to get off the stage is um is sign that she does actually like. <laughs> she does care. She does care, even if they don't see it. Sometimes, I, I think that of her interactions with them, though hers with Ulix is the best. Because she she interacts with him in the in the Honey story when Honey first gets goldened. Right, I forgot about that. That is a good one. And like, oh you man, see, like, you get it's been a minute since I read it, but like, you get the the sense that she genuinely respects Ulix. I yeah, and I feel like Ulix is his... smart smart enough to respect her. Yeah, of of he, the gremlins, he respects like, her more than most gremlin who fear her. Yeah, I th- I think he he would have a good understanding of like you're you're on the level like you're scary but you're on our side and I know you're yeah. on our side. And he's he's got enough wisdom to be like yeah as long as I don't fuck with you we probably aren't <laughs> going to have a problem are we? Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that is um. Uh, that is the white fist. Any any additional thoughts on our uh, our our swamp witch? Uh, not at this moment. All right. Yeah, this is a, this is, it's a it's a fun little story. It's 
I would say it, Guildies die. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I want to say it hasn't aged well. The only thing I'd say hasn't aged well is like essentially Lupita's agency in the whole thing. Yeah, because like Adulio can be a shit person. Fallop is absolutely a shit person. Zoraida is doing Zoraida things in the background. Like all of that is, I'm I'm fine with overall. Like. It's just it's it's a shame that um, Lupita is as she is, and I, I she could have been she's developed a better, but she's she's a yeah she's a token for the plot, unfortunately. But you know, bad things happen to basically everyone that isn't Zoraida, so you know. Yeah, in this story, bad things happen <laughs> in to this Zoraida. Story. We know we know at least one bad thing happens to Zoraida. What? <laughs> Two really? Never. Ah, uh, well, this has been fun. Uh, thank you. Thank yes. you for joining me for this one, Eli. Um, unfortunately, Roman is in some mild pain, so it was me and Eli for this one. Uh, so we have we have Eli joining us, which is awesome for the two of us, and myself um, signing off. So good night, everybody. And as, um, as Doug always says, and I am Doug's currently, so fun is always king. Enjoy your games and have fun. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Songs used in this production are Villainous Treachery and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons.